everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Reconnect, the official podcast from Shincheonji, or in English, New Heaven, New Earth. Uh, this is Ray, and as always, I'm here with... Uh, here's TJ. NCC. Oh, TJ, it's good to be back with you guys. It's been a little bit. Yeah. It's been a week. It's been yes. a week. Yeah. As usual. <laughs> <laughs> is it usually a week? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually a weekend. It's we long for this time, right? Yeah. That's why it feels so long every time. It does. Yeah. Every time. That sounds disingenuine. <laughs> <laughs> mean it, it's Ray. from the heart. It's from the heart. No, I'm in all seriousness. I know for all three of us, it's it's a great time when we're, when we're able to come together and record a new episode. And today's episode is a little bit different because mm, yes. with previous episodes, we have a specific topic that we go into for today we're kind of doing more of a profile of, of someone in mm-hmm. biblical history yeah mm-hmm. can one of you let our listeners know who we're going to be talking about today i will go oh, yes, yeah. thank you honor to the ladies <laughs> all right ladies first today we will take a time and really dive into understanding who is steven for those of you who doesn't know who he is uh, you can find him in the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts, Stephen has been one figure that a lot of Christian has been looking up to. And mm-hmm. we thought that mm. it will be a very, very interesting moment and a very good topic to go into. So that is what we will be doing today. And I think a lot of Christians, when they think of Stephen, it usually ties into the word martyr. That's right. And what else is there? And we're here to tell you in this episode that there's a whole lot more to Stephen. Mm. A whole lot more. Okay, well, let's get into it. Stephen, he is a figure that a lot of Christians look up to. And mm-hmm. at least for me growing up, one of my first introductions to Stephen was uh, in my family. We watched a lot of Sunday Christian cartoons. I don't know if either of you had a family like that, but that's what we did. And so mm-hmm. we'd have these Bible stories, like pretty mm-hmm. much like Sunday school Bible stories, but they'd be animated. And I ah, okay. still remember uh, the Stephen episode where he just Mm -hmm. he looks so lamb-like very angelic like Mm -hmm. the the kind of person that wouldn't speak harshly to anyone and he's Mm -hmm. being stoned Mm -hmm. i think for a lot of christians that's kind of the idea that they think of when they think about stephen Mm -hmm. and his martyrhood so let's get a little bit deeper into it i guess what's a little bit more background what does the word actually say in acts in regard to Stephen. What you mentioned regarding him being stoned and all this, this is a part of Stephen that all of us need to accept because this mm-hmm. is also what has been recorded in the Bible, the fact that he has been stoned. And mm-hmm. he has been stoned because of his faith. But right now what we really want the listeners and everyone here to also know is that there is more to Stephen than just the stoning and all this. So mm-hmm. who was Stephen? When we go mm-hmm. back into the Bible and we take a look, especially at Acts 6, we can see mm-hmm. that Stephen was chosen with six more people by the apostle in order to go in Israel and to do the work mm-hmm. of uh, sharing the word with other people mm-hmm. to make the gospel know to people that haven't been in touch with the word up until mm-hmm. now. And the reason why those people were chosen is to give as well, to really mm-hmm. pray for the gospel and for the work that has been entrusted to them by Jesus and by God. So Stephen was part of mm-hmm. those seven people that went out mm-hmm. and that preached the word in mm-hmm. Israel. And they were full of wisdom and they were full of the spirit, full of the word. 
So this is who was、mm-hmm. Stephen to begin with. Generally, we call Stephen one of the seven deacons, one、right. of the first seven deacons, the early church. And as you said, CC, the seven deacons were chosen because of their wisdom, and because they were very full of the word. They knew the word, and they had strong faith.、Mm. And we know Stephen to be a very young man at the time. Yeah. Yes.、Yeah. And yet he was a deacon chosen by the apostles. And I think we need a bit of a、uh, historical context here about Acts chapter six.、Yeah. What was he doing, and why was he stoned?、Mm. Mm. That is a very good question. When、mm-hmm. we go back into Acts six, we are in the situation at that time in Israel. Every person that believed in the name of Jesus and that was actually going outside and preaching the、mm-hmm. word under the belief of、mm-hmm. Jesus,、yeah. they were、mm-hmm. not welcome. By the community was, at that time, to say the least. Was, yes, say, not welcome <laughs> seems like a very safe way. <laughs> they were not welcome. They were、mm. really,、mm. really not welcome at all.、Mm. So this was a very harsh and a very unwelcoming situation where the seven and other people too they needed to go outside and to do the work of、mm. preaching、mm-hmm. the the gospel. And in Acts six, what we see. Stephen being really full of the spirit and going and preaching the word and、mm-hmm. really acting as his faith was commanding him to do,、yeah. which is、mm-hmm. to do the work of God, and he was、mm-hmm. doing so. But of course, you know, course. every time when people that are doing the work of God are actually working, there are、mm-hmm. always people around to go and hinder that work, right? Always. <laughs> and, yes, but that's strictly speaking in the perspective of Christians. Yeah. And、uh. it's good that you mentioned this because I want to give it more perspective. Okay. Now you said Stephen went out and spread the gospel,、mm. but where、mm. did he do it? He, In Acts chapter six, where did he go? He went、uh. to the synagogue, of course. This is where he went to the synagogue. <laughs> A lot of people think that this is very normal. This is very casual.、Yeah. No, it's. Exactly the opposite, and I'm gonna give it to you with a little bit of perspective、mm. here. Let's just say, as Christians, we go to church on Sunday, right? And、yep. we're, we're talking amongst our friends, you know, after service, like,、yep. oh, it was so, it was so good today. The worship was so good. And then suddenly, a man, probably in his early 30s, walks into the church doors, and then he says, "Believe in this new person. <laughs> <laughs> the Messiah has come." He is the one who we should believe. He is the way to the Father. What would you think? Wow. What this man is doing here? Why? <laughs> okay, man. I had a、man. really good service. Why are you interrupting? <laughs> But this is how the Jews saw Stephen.、Right. They went to the synagogue. They worshipped the Father. They had the Old Testament, and they built their entire faith on the Scripture.、Mm. And here's Stephen talking about something that is completely new and strange to them,、mm. and they would have been like us, like, "What? Who's this guy? What's he doing?" But let's think about it from the pastor's perspective,、wow. the leader of the church.、Yeah. This is someone who is seemingly talking about nonsense or even blasphemy.、Mm. So this is the situation at the time. This is what Stephen did,、mm. and given the reputation that early Christians at that time had, you know, from their perspective. From the, like the Pharisees, teachers of the law, people in the synagogue, things like that. Someone like Stephen is just a person who's been probably indoctrinated. So basically, some strange a cult, thing.、Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think that's the way that we、mm-hmm. would probably look at it today. But it is true. Oftentimes, when we think about how it might have been to be someone who believed in God and Jesus back then, at、mm-hmm. that time, two、mm-hmm. thousand or so years ago, we do think about it from the perspective of 
ourselves today as Christians and not so much as mm -hmm. how it would have been being yeah. on the other side of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, being a Christian at the time meant persecution. Mm. You were called a cult. Right. In Acts chapter 25, Paul says, hey, you guys believe that I come from a cult, a sect rather. Mm, yeah. But so that was the situation. So we got to put ourselves in that context as well when we're looking at Stephen. Having that understanding, let's take it one step further and look at what he taught and what the people thought about his teachings mm. in Acts chapter 6. So if you go into it, mm. when Stephen started to preach it, people started to argue against what Stephen taught. But the Bible says that they were not able to win in an argument against him. Wow. Isn't that strange? So somebody comes into the church, like I said in that example, and starts preaching about something that seems like blasphemy. So you're telling that person you're wrong, but then that person explains, and then you can't refute him. Oof. It must have been very upsetting for them right. in their point mm -hmm. of view. The way we would think about it today is like I'm imagining being someone who's a mm -hmm. member of a congregation of a church and you have a pastor who's arguing with that very, that example of that person who came in telling mm -hmm. us to believe, I'm, I'm there witnessing my pastor unable to refute it. It would be upsetting at that time, but also probably embarrassing, I would yeah. imagine. When you are put in the position of being like the leader of the church mm. or the synagogue at that time, not being able to refute someone that you are opposing verbally in front of the people that are following you on a regular basis is a mm. loss of credibility. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a loss of credibility. So yeah. he really hurts, you know, <laughs> <laughs> your ego and all this. What should they have done though? What should the pastors or sorry, the leaders of the synagogue when they confronted Stephen and were not able to refute him, what should they have done? As humble and modest people, they should have asked for explanation, yeah. want to learn more, but that's not what they did. No. They brought up false accusations against Stephen so that they can take him to court. And that's exactly what they did. They took him to the Sanhedrin, wow. which is basically the court at the time for the Jews. Mm. And that is the end of chapter six, where it says that Stephen was accused isn't it very like similar to what happened to Jesus as well? Yes. Because they, they couldn't very argue serious. with him. Mm -hmm. So at the end mm -hmm. of the day, what did they do? In order to, to kill him, to put him on the cross, mm. they did the exact same thing. And this is mm -hmm. what is happening mm -hmm. as well with Stephen. Right. I find it very funny and it is an irony to see mm -hmm. the same thing happening. This is interesting. We should talk about this in another topic because it's not weird that the same thing is happening. It's actually something that is very, very natural, mm. given that this is the work of spirits, right? So wow. this is something that we'll talk about in a future episode. Yeah, Let's come back to it. <laughs> yeah. But the false accusations brought upon Stephen were two things. One, that he is preaching or teaching distortions against the teachings of Moses, mm -hmm. that he's right. changing what Moses taught. And the second one was that he preaches that he will tear down and destroy the holy place of the Jews. But this is not him tearing down. He was preaching oh, yes. Jesus. That's right. Yes, That's yes. right. He was preaching that Jesus will destroy the holy place of the Jews. Thank you for that. But two <laughs> accusations were brought upon him. And that is the end of chapter 6. Wow. And then in Acts chapter 7, it has a lot of verses. It, it does. <laughs> it's very it's, long. <laughs> It's a very long chapter. And if you've read it, you'll see that from the very beginning to the very end, it's Stephen talking uh, to the Sanhedrin and it, he's making his case in essence. Yeah. 
The thing about Stephen making his case is something that a lot of people overlook. Yes, yes. Um, and they skip over to the part where he is martyred. Very true. And that's why a lot of Christians tend to think of Stephen as the martyr. It's true, but that's the only connection that they can think of when this name pops up. And the reason for this is because a lot of people don't understand why Stephen is making his case like he did in chapter 7. Yeah. So we need a little bit of um, an explanation here, what his uh, refutation sounded like. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Because the accusations are there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to mention it one more time, the accusation was that he was distorting the teachings of Moses. Mm. And number two, that Jesus will destroy the holy place of the Jews. Mm. And this is what he's teaching. He's making his case against it, but what does he say in chapter 7? When you go into Act 7, is very entertaining, if I can say it <laughs> like that, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it takes us back into mm -hmm. the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. It starts with the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So we go back to Genesis and we saw mm -hmm. the story about like Abraham and then mm -hmm. we go into Joseph and then yeah. he explained about Moses as well. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what is mm -hmm. funny is that we might think that there is no uh, connection regarding like why he's talking about Abraham mm -hmm. and then Joseph and then Moses. But if we stop just a little bit and take a look, especially about like the part where he's talking about Moses, yeah. we can understand why he is using uh, all this historical background to support mm -hmm. his case. When we think mm -hmm. about Moses at the time of the um, Exodus, after the Israelites came out of Egypt, they were in the desert for a certain amount amount of time mm -hmm. right. and they needed a place to worship God and Moses received uh, the order from God to make a tabernacle where God will mm -hmm. come and dwell with him so that he can be with his people mm. and that tabernacle was a transportable one that people mm -hmm. could just like move around as they mm -hmm. were traveling within to the desert useful but, for the desert yeah but what is very interesting is that this was just like the very first tabernacle that was made because afterwards, when we go uh, further into the Bible, we can see David wanted to build an actual physical mm -hmm. tabernacle where God mm -hmm. would reside into. Mm -hmm. But history shows us that at the end of the day, David was not the one making that tabernacle. Mm -hmm. It was Solomon, mm -hmm. right. the mm -hmm. son that actually like did it. Mm -hmm. So after we had Solomon building that tabernacle, and that tabernacle w was uh, very precious to the Jews at that time. Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. took us back as well, like to when Jesus mm -hmm. was also preaching, and he said that he will destroy that uh, tabernacle and build it again in three days. Mm. So this is linked with the charge that was against Stephen, because he was preaching that as well. So this is how he's actually like making us traveling through history to make us understand how that tabernacle came to be. Mm -hmm. And then how this tabernacle is not a physical place where God wants to be. Mm -hmm. God wants to dwell in something that is not physical. And that is why we can see he actually like quotes Isaiah 66. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where it is written that God doesn't dwell in, in physical things. So this is how mm -hmm. he's like refuting uh, the first charge that was against him. Yeah. That's a good point. But going back all the way to the beginning mm -hmm. of his speech in front of the Sanhedrin, you condensed it a lot. Yes. Um, you condensed <laughs> the entire chapter, obviously. But let's just go back to 
all the points that he talked about in history. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to go really quickly. He talks about Abraham. He talks right. about Isaac. He talks about Jacob. He talks about Joseph. He yeah. talks about the time of Egypt and how Moses brought them out of Egypt. And they ran around the desert for 40 years and then <laughs> in the desert built a tabernacle. But David wanted to also build a temple. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't David that built a temple. It was Solomon. So you have that fact right here. You have this speech. Um, and if you just think about this content here, does it really connect to the accusations brought upon him? Of course, no. no. I mean, you no. you really have to look carefully or else it just sounds like Stephen is talking about something completely irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to imagine myself as one of those who was seated in the Sanhedrin listening to this history lesson. Mm-hmm. I can imagine myself thinking, you know, where is this guy going? Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> does he not remember the charges that I just <laughs> asked him whether they were true or not? You know? Because the Sanhedrin says, what do you say about these accusations? Right. Yeah, the very and beginning. And then he's like, right. all right, let me tell you about these accusations. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Abraham. So he goes all the way back. So it sounds like it doesn't have any relevance. Mm. But he talks all about that and how Solomon was the one who built the temple. And then he says in Isaiah chapter 66, God does not reside in something that man has built. Mm. And then right after that, he calls the Jews out. Yes, you stiff-necked people. <laughs> you stiff-necked people. I'm not sure what the coarse language was like at the time, right. but I can say I can tell that this was offensive to the Jews because ultimately this is what made them stone um, Stephen, yes. right? <laughs> stiff-necked people. Mm-hmm. And you were the ones who killed the prophets. You were the ones that committed all these things. Why can you not see, right? Mm. And that is his big refutation in chapter seven. So let's connect that to the two accusations. Mm -hmm. And when we ask this um, to a lot of Christians, they can't see the connection. And this is exactly why they skip over to Stephen's martyrdom. And that's why it's so focused on his death rather than what he said, because Mm -hmm. what he said takes up the entire chapter and his death only takes up a couple of verses at the very end. But it's because we lack understanding. But let's take it and see if we can understand it properly. So he talks about history. Mm. Why did he talk about history? Let's think about it for a second. What was the accusation? The first accusation. It's like distorting laws Mm -hmm. of Moses, right? Moses is teaching. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy, Numbers, Leviticus, not in that order, obviously. But looking at Stephen talking all the way from Abraham and talking all the way up to Solomon, he's showing that he has a very thorough understanding of scripture, ah. a very thorough understanding. The accusation brought on him is that he is distorting the teachings of Moses, but here he is reiterating and teaching what the Old Testament is all about. Mm. All the way from Abraham, all the way to Solomon. You say that I I am like distorting, but listen, mm-hmm. the same things that mm-hmm. you know, I know as well. And mm-hmm. I know it mm-hmm. even better. And I will prove it to you. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. man, if that, that's like something that <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of a scenario where that might, mm. a situation like that might happen today, but that's like a big slap in the face. You know, it's, it's he goes, here they are. Okay, this guy is this guy is crazy. It's a part of a cold. He's been totally indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. Let's get this over with. We have a lunch coming up soon. Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and then he starts opening his mouth and he's like, mm-hmm. I know 
all the same scripture that you know. And in fact, mm-hmm. I know more because I have mm-hmm. an understanding that mm-hmm. you don't have. And then he goes on to quote Isaiah chapter 66, mm-hmm. that God does not dwell in something man-made. And this is a direct rebuttal against them saying that, you know, Jesus will destroy the holy place, right? right? But he's asking, what is a holy place? What is the definition of holy place? You are defining a holy place as a construction made by man. Mm. But in the scriptures that you read, it states that God does not dwell in something that is man-made. This is a direct rebuttal against the accusation. So he is teaching them the true meaning of holy place. It is not a construction. It's not a building. So you see that in this long speech that he makes, Mm. that seems like it's convoluted. He is actually giving them clear answers to their false accusations. And what is more important here is how Mm. is using the knowledge that they thought that they had against them and showing them, okay, Mm -hmm. you said this, but look in the Mm -hmm. scripture, it is written this. Mm -hmm. So how come you guys Mm -hmm. doesn't even know about that? And you are like Mm -hmm. charging me with those things. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. when we put ourselves in the shoes of the Sandrine at that time, the real slapped in the face. It is. Mm -hmm. Wake up guys, because Mm -hmm. your scriptures that you are so Mm -hmm. proud of saying all around that, you know, In fact, in reality, you don't really know. And mm. it's interesting because I, I think that, especially when he gets towards the end and he starts talking about all oh, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised mm. hearts and ears, mm-hmm. using that kind of language, that kind of tone, it might mm-hmm. seem like he's viewing them as people that he detests, that he hates. But based on what we've talked about so far, it seems like that's not exactly Stephen's whole purposes, but it's in mm-hmm. fact to wake them up. You know, we said that the entire circumstance as to how Stephen got falsely accused Mm. is like how Jesus got falsely accused. But think about what Jesus said to the Pharisees as well. He said in Matthew chapter 23, you serpents. Yeah. And in John chapter 8, Jesus says to the Jews, your father is the devil. (laughs) Mm. But we know that Jesus did it out of love. Right. Mm. It's not his intention to harm them with his words and Stephen we know that that's not his intention as well yeah but he says it in such a very strong way that it seems to the point where he's antagonizing the Jews right but truly it's a slap in the face not out of hatred Mm. not out of anger but out of love to as you said Ray to wake them up yeah because without using these words they won't know Mm. they won't know is also the same as when parents, they try to mm-hmm. educate the child. Because mm-hmm. when we are child, we are very stubborn mm-hmm. and in oh, believing yeah. that the things that we mm-hmm. do like are right and all this. And if we don't have parents or people around that are actually like mm-hmm. telling us what is wrong and how to fix it, mm-hmm. it's really hard mm-hmm. as a child to, to know how to fix it because we don't know. By mm-hmm. having Jesus and also here, in this case, like Stephen pointing them exactly and co- calling them up like that, mm-hmm. they are really like trying to give them a chance to, to mm-hmm. change, to grow, mm-hmm. to do better. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. Be- yep. because mm-hmm. they are like in a position of being what leaders, mm-hmm. people That's that need right. to teach the word, but they need to teach if they really and truly understand because otherwise what Mm. they are teaching is not building up to the people that are like listening to them so i i guess when they are doing it they are also like doing it in the um, 
perspective, especially Steven in the perspective mm. of really loving and trying to educate the child and helping him in in his growth. Mm-hmm. You guys have heard of the expression tough love, yes. right? Oh yeah. This is this is what it is. No matter how tough it is, it's still love in essence. And the proof of that is when we see Stephen cry out to God as he is being stoned. He says, wow. "Do not put their sins on them. They do not know." Sure. Mm. They are stoning him to death. And in his last words, he is asking God for their forgiveness. He is defending them by saying that they do not know. It seems like he was antagonizing them, but in reality and truth, it was his way of showing that he loved them and that was to really wake them up. I feel a lot of um Christians nowadays they they connect the word love to something fluffy. Yeah. Like sugarcoating and love can't hurt. Love should not hurt. It should only be warm. But that's really not the case if you look into the Bible. Oh. Jesus showed tough love. Mm. Stephen also showed this sort of um really hard harsh words but that were actually of love. And I think we we have to remind ourselves that love comes in many forms, mm. but we have to remind ourselves that we have to pursue the definition of love that we see in the Bible. And in this case, Stephen, it was tough love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Most of the time people when they are like family or friend or all this, they are like afraid to say the truth to mm-hmm. those loved ones. But in the Bible mm-hmm. just like Jesus show us when he's being killed, the love that he's showing to those people, we can actually like see that he's still seeing them as like a family, the family mm-hmm. of the believers and because of that, he's not afraid to go and to tell them mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. the, st- the stages they are in. And this is the same as Stephen mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. All this is just like TJ said, it is Jesus and mm-hmm. also like Stephen showing them what is true love. Mm-hmm. showing mm. them how to love how not to fear if you really want to save mm. someone then it doesn't matter if uh, what mm. you will say will actually like hurt that person if that person mm. can be saved at the end of the day yeah. no but it's true yeah we have to be mindful that um we have to portray and convey love as it is in the bible but mm. coming to the very end of the chapter we do see that Stephen is martyred and a lot of people um they think of Stephen as the martyr and that's about it as we said in the very beginning of this episode yeah. and the question that they ask themselves when it comes to Stephen is would i be able to sacrifice mm-hmm. my life for Jesus should the same situation come to me mm-hmm. and it's a profound question it's a difficult question to answer yeah but if you really understand what we talked about here and if you really understand Stephen's rebuttal against the false accusations now the question should not only be would i be able to sacrifice myself for Jesus in that sort of situation it should be would i be able to defend the gospel to teach the people that do not know the truth in that sort of situation what i have been able to stand up in front of the people in front of the sanhedrin and testify to the gospel yeah. as steven did so profoundly according to truth and according to the knowledge of the bible mm. i never thought about you know whether or not i'd be able to give that kind of testimony even steven's mm-hmm. whole speech in front of sanhedrin was something that could mm-hmm. actually be thought of as a teaching moment 
where mm-hmm. he's trying to educate them. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's trying to wake them up. Exactly. And and that's really, you know, for us as believers, we need to be those people that has that understanding of the word to where mm-hmm. we can be in that same position to be able to give to others mm-hmm. with love and to be able to teach them and everything. And Most of Christian we have in mind and we remember Stephen as like a symbol of of the martyrdom. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when we really go deep into Acts chapter six and seven, just like we did today, what we can remember now is, yes, he is a symbol of the martyrdom, but it's not just that. He's also mm-hmm. an example and a role model for all the Christian, for mm-hmm. all the people that have to believe, that believe in Jesus. He is a role model in the sense where we need as well, too, to be those that can stand and yeah. defend mm-hmm. the reason why we believe, we have this belief in Christianity, why we are Christian. Yeah. and. If we are put in a situation where we need to like give answers regarding like why we do believe we should be able to give really like Bible grounded answers, just like Stephen did. When we look at Stephen, I hope that we can be reminded of Ephesians chapter two, where it says, knowing and believing must come one, must come together. And it's not just about believing. We have to know what we believe in Stephen showed us yeah. that he, he we have to know everything. everything. You know, there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason God gave us the Old Testament. And also, um, in the first book of Peter, chapter three, it says that we must be prepared to answer any question for our faith. And Stephen showed us that. And it's amazing how the Bible is so is so cohesive yeah. to that single truth. It doesn't matter if. Paul wrote it. it. Doesn't matter if Peter wrote it. Everything's the same. It's all cohesive, and I think that's why it's. And aside from the Bible being very logical and historically grounded, when you realize that consistency and cohesiveness, you really start believing that this is not a book written by man. It's a Amen. book written by God. Mm. Amen. 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 Yes. <laughs> anyway, so that is the profile of Stephen. Yeah. One of the first seven deacons. Mm. All right. So today we talked about Stephen, how he's one of the first seven deacons of the early church. We talked about how he went into the synagogue and started preaching. Mm. And we found out what that really meant, right? What it meant to do that in that time and age. It's like walking into a church and start preaching about something else and yeah. hoping that people will believe you. But the thing is, when people argued against him, they could not win. Mm. And these false accusations were brought on him. The two charges, which were one, he was distorting the teachings of Moses. Number two, he was teaching that Jesus will destroy the holy place. And how did he respond to it? In Acts chapter seven, it seems like a very convoluted and irrelevant speech about history. But in essence, what he was talking about using that history was, you're saying I'm distorting the teachings of Moses? Uh Uh-uh. I know the scriptures. I know the scriptures from Genesis all the way. Okay, and this is what I know. And number two, you're saying that I teach that Jesus will destroy the holy place? You guys don't even know what the holy place means. Hmm. God does not reside in something man-made. And you guys are insisting that your temple, which is man-made, is holy. You guys are wrong. And this is how he refuted it. So take this and try to read... Acts chapter 7 again and see if you can understand it now. Yeah. 
it will become much more interesting now that you know this. But yes, that is Acts chapter 7, and he calls them out, calls them stiff-necked people, and mm -hmm. yes, Stephen is stoned and is martyred. Stephen is not only a symbol of martyrdom, but also the symbol of faith for us as Christians mm -hmm. to follow. Because mm -hmm. uh, most of us, we have this question to keep in mind as like, oh, would I be like able to give my life for to the gospel, for the word? But at the end of the day, when we have a deeper understanding of what is going on in Acts 6 and 7, we can further up those questions and even like ask ourselves other questions that can help us to grow in our faith. Questions such as, will I be able to use the Bible, use the word that I know in order to prove myself as a true believer. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, that that got me to think, and you know, I, I know we're trying to wrap up, but let's just <laughs> hypothesize here and say that Stephen wasn't able to defend against these false accusations and rather ranted on about something completely irrelevant. Yeah. Would they have stoned him? Mm. Mm. We'll never know, but I feel the reason they stoned Stephen and the reason the Jews killed Jesus was because they were speaking the truth and there was no way to refute them. That's right. He was revealing their ignorance. Mm. And that caused them to feel shame. And that's why they went and did the things they did. So even being able to question whether or not you would be able to give your life for Jesus in that sort of situation, it should be based on the premise of you being able to testify to the truth. Mm. Right? Very true. In the way that Stephen did. Mm. Being persecuted wow. as well, being persecuted yes, yes. and then being able to mm. testify. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's yeah. not skip that step when we come to that question. Of, yeah. It's very mm. important. Mm. It's interesting because I, when I think about myself in the past, um, as a young Christian, I, I thought a lot about, yes, knowing a bit of the word, but more of outwardly showing love to people and that's me being more like christ that's me being more like a good believer a good christian mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in fact <laughs> when we look at stephen the fact that he had an understanding that he was able to speak this truth that's what revealed you know who his heart belonged to you know that's that's revealed that he had this unshakable faith and love for jesus and god and that his very speech to that Sanhedrin proved it. So even those harsh words that he was using, you know, it's to, to have that kind of heart of love. So when Stephen was being stoned, the people that were stoning Stephen threw their clothes in front of this man. And we know his name to be... Saul. 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 Later changed to Paul, yes. So Paul is someone that we have to talk about oh. if we're doing profiles oh, yeah. in the future. So yes, let's come back to Paul. He's a high um, figure. Promise our listeners that we're going to talk about Paul. Yes. All right. And that really uh, wraps it up it today. It does. It does. Um, yes. Thank you for listening. Mm. Okay. Yes. And, uh, you know, for all of our listeners, um, thanks for, so much for joining us today for this uh, profile that we had today. And definitely mm. there will be more to come. Um, but as always, if you really enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, share. And as always, if you have any thoughts, comments, mm. ideas, or anything that you want to share with us, feel free to email us anytime. We love to read them. And uh, yeah, I've been That's Ray. That's about it. <laughs> You've been Ray. You, you have been Ray. <laughs> <laughs> For a few decades. Yeah, I've been Ray. And I've been TJ. And this was Cece with you. Mm. And you've been listening to Reconnect. Reconnect. Yes. Nice.
Thank you guys. Thank you guys. See you, everyone. See you next week.